0: Hello everyone, welcome back to Life and Sport podcast and we're joined by a very special guest. We've been trying to tee up times since about October last year. It's finally come to fruition. Uh, We met at the Koori Knockout last year. He's a former Panthers player, currently signed with Workington Town in the UK. His name is Jared Samet. Thank you very much for joining me today. Um, Obviously, it's morning time there currently on Monday. What's, What's the day got in store for you so far?
1: Yeah, mate. Um obviously Monday morning here. Um today's day of 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 a day off today. So just trying to to relax and recuperate from, from the weekends outings. Um I've got a five month old, well, six month-old baby now. So he's gonna keep me uh, on my toes and, and quite lively today. But um today's more just about uh, relaxing with the family and um, recovery
0: sort and- of thing. Yeah. yeah, nice. And obviously, um Quite a journeyman. We'll get into that later on in the in the interview slash chat. But obviously, you just mentioned earlier before we started recording, first game of the year, the dust is now shaken off. Uh, what was it like playing for Workington Town again? Because you've played for them quite a few times in the past. What was it like getting back there, you know, shaking the rust off, getting ready for the season ahead?
1: Yeah, Workington Town fans, like they're a, um, they're a very rugby league heart community um you know they they always get out in 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 force and and they're very vocal um at the matches so you know it was a really warm welcome to get back to to the club workington um you know the the fans and the the people there they they're very loving and um you know they they've always been kind and and looked after myself and my family when i was there and um the return was was exactly the same um. Obviously, the conditions there is quite cold, quite windy. Um. Especially time of year. So it was it was quite chilly, but uh, to, to get back playing again, and you know it's it's really good. Um. As you said, you know, shake off those um those cobwebs, get rid of the dust. Um. Still finding you know your 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 form and trying to get your body back into that condition. Yep. Um. But. It, it, it were really good just to, to get back out there um, and have some, you know, opposition to run against as opposed to you know just your teammates. Yeah. So, so we're 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 starting to to get back into the full swing of things now um, with games coming up on the weekends. Um, Who did you
0: play against this past weekend?
1: So it, funny enough, it was my old team, Barrow Radio. I
0: was going to say was it was a Barrow. Wow! Did yeah. you get the
1: win? No, we we didn't win. Um, obviously, would have liked to get the win, but um, oh, yep. anyway, it were it were funny how it came about that my first game in return with Worthington was against Barrow. Um, yeah, and it was, it was great to see some of the old mates that um I was with at Barrow and some old faces with the the staff and and things of like that. So, um, you know, they they've got another. Half year ahead and you no know, I wish them well and you know we we didn't perform to our best last season so that was quite disappointing in the way that we finished but um you know sometimes that's the roller coaster of a rugby league isn't it you can't always okay. ride the high um but yeah obviously um played against Barrow um that there was for the 1895 cup so there's a there's a different format different setting now with with that this year. Okay. Um there's one league team against two championship teams, um, okay. and you sort of got to like, play each other once. Um, obviously, oh, like the a group winner stage of, sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. The winner of that pool then go into the next stage.
0: Okay, uh,
1: that's very we,
0: interesting. I like that.
1: So we we've got to play Whitehaven now in um, in a couple of weeks' time, um, and for the yeah where. Wow. Um so yeah, that that there sort of throws another you know mix onto the the whole saga of how things are, are going over here. but um you know i'm I'm excited for, for the new season, like I said, okay. I've got um a young halfback that plays um uh, with me at Workington that just got young player of the year and um, oh, last wow. season that's probably um, for here sure here on Walker so. You know he's he's got a lot of potential but at the same time you know he's still wet behind the ears and um obviously got a lot of maturing and learning to do but he um everything that I've seen at the moment you know he, he seems to be an exciting player um but we, we we've got a group together that you know um uh, you know, works hard for one another um at the same time you know where we're still trying to to build a culture there um um and then look to to regain championship status
0: Yeah, of course, Um, because obviously to anyone who may or may not know that's listening in in Australia when this episode goes up, obviously to anyone who loves rugby league, they will know, but to the layperson that may be listening that may not know, the English rugby league is very similar to English soccer in the sense of its promotion relegation, three tiers um, being the Super League, the top league, like the NRL equivalent. Then you've got the championship. Then you've got League One. And if I'm not mistaken, there isn't a League Two when it comes to to English rugby league is there.
1: No, it just goes to I think, like yeah your national conference, yeah, um
0: yeah, that's the difference between the soccer, which is there is a league too, but in rugby league, there isn't um but yeah twenty one is listening, that's a little bit of info, and that's what Jared's been up to this start of this year, but now let's get started into the entire journey of Jared Sammet. and the first question, obviously is what's your earliest memory of rugby league um, I'd
1: probably say. No, down at Duneside. Um
0: Duneside Yeah. Grew up,
1: yeah, grew up Reserve. Um, you know, i 3 three-year-old, Me mum, well, I was probably a little bit younger than three at the time, just before my third birthday. And um, so the story when I kept hounding my mother to, to take me down, I wanted to play, I wanted to play. And My mum's like, no, you're too not young, playing. too you're young, not- legally too young. <laughs> um Mum spoke to a few a few clubs and they were like, "No, he's too young. Wait for him to get to you know six year old." Blah blah blah. And mum spoke to Dunsay, which um, my uncles and a few family played at, and they said, "You know what? Bring him down. Bring him down." So mum took me down, and um, the first session, um, my mum said, "I just you know I I stood around and um, didn't want to take no part." So we went home, and then um. Mum's like, right. Maybe it that's was big it.
0: scary men tackling,
1: hurting and he yeah. didn't want to get hurt. Yeah. I'm going back. I said, no, I'm going back. I'm going back. She's like, right. Well, you better ring your coach. Yeah. So, I, I called my coach, and his name was Bob Sunderland, and um, said, "Hi, Bob. It's Jared Summit I'm very, very sorry that I didn't train tonight, but um, I promised I'll be training on on Thursday." He said, "All right, mate. I'll look forward to seeing you Thursday." And from there, I never looked back. Um, and my first, one of my first games, I remember I was in like this, uh, multicolored Jersey <laughs> and, um, the sleeves, the sleeves come right down to my wrists. So it was were, it were, it were like a big, um, oversized jumper, but that's what it was like back then. Yeah. And we're playing, um, I think we are playing at, um, Katoomba. Oh, so, wow. okay. you know, pitch was like ice cold, um, they had to bring out warm water to, to squirt over our fingers to, yep. to keep his shit like, sort out, yeah. Um, but again, we we were none the wiser. a lot. It were absolutely freezing conditions, but we were just out there running around. was fun, and, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, and from there, it's just been a distant memory. Like, I've just, I've not turned around. It's rugby league's been my life. And, and you know, I've just taken every step, every moment within my grasp
0: Absolutely, and that's really awesome, Nick, because some of my earliest memories as well of rugby league are literally playing the freezing cold winter mornings on the Saturday, poor mum and dad, you know, taking me to my footy to, like, play in Carryong Mountains area, like, frost on the bloody area. I can absolutely attest to that, and they're some of the best memories of my life, and as you said, some of the best of yours. Obviously, growing up, um, a lot of kids play a lot of different sports. Did you play any other sport, or was it just rugby league for yourself?
1: No, I um, so I, I played literally anything that involved the ball. You know, I was involved with uh, I'd done uh, rugby league, i done touch football, I'd done Oztag, i done rugby union, um, I'd done cricket, I played a little bit of soccer, um, you know, um, table tennis, tennis, um, and then um, I was, I was heavily into like me, me cross country and me, me athletics um as well um so literally any sort of like sport year round it just uh, didn't stop (laughs) yeah that that helped me so like i I can remember one day i can remember one day i was at school and i had my uh zone cross country carnival but because i was with um it was called mcs um and so we were at St Gregory's College, and um, so I just ran me me cross me MCS uh, zone cross country, finished second in that. Then I had to quickly get in the car, go back to Patrician Brothers Blacktown because I had a um I had a, a footy match on. Wow! Um, got back there, missed maybe the first ten minutes of that. Played the game, then after already uh, running cross country as
0: well. Yeah,
1: after, after that was well, your warm up. <laughs> yeah. Then, uh, then I had to go uh, later that evening to my um, to my club training session. Um, wow! Yeah, so, like, for me, it, it literally was nonstop. Um, and then every morning, um, six AM, my alarm would be off, and you know I'd, I'd be up for a run. Um, so I, around you know, sport training fitness. I literally threw myself in the deep end um, and, you know, that, that sort of like became my life basically.
0: Well, not just that, but like they do say it takes a certain amount of sacrifice, self-sacrifice and everything else to get to, you know, the professional level of whatever sport or whatever thing someone is doing. And definitely that's 6am starts while I'm in school. That's definitely sacrifice that, you know, people who may not have that ethic in them, um, you know, may not get to the professional level. So big, big kudos to you because it's testament to you're in your 30s now, still playing at a top level of rugby league. And obviously, my next question, you, you grew up playing for Dooneside Roos. So from the Penrith type area, what team did you follow growing up in the rugby league?
1: Uh, so it's quite uh, controversial, but um, when I was, when I was uh, really young, my dad's a St. George Dragon supporter. Oh, okay. And uh, obviously, your your parents and your your family they sort of like throw you in to, to get you to follow their team. So I was forever decked out in um, in Saint George Dragons. Yeah. Um, and obviously it were it were a bond with me, Dad, that we had. But um, when I got to the age of maybe about seven, yeah. um, when I could say, you know what, no. I like this team. Um, I I supported Parramatta.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, um, which again became quite controversial when I started to play for Penrith Panthers. Yeah. Because I still I still supported Parramatta. <laughs> um. Wow. And I was just like, well, how how does that work when you play against Parramatta? Like, do you want mm-hmm. Parramatta to win, or if they lose, are you you know disappointed, disheartened? And I said, of course not. Like I'm I'm a winner at all costs. You know, I yeah. I play i want to win like i hate losing yep. more than i love winning like that's yep. my mindset yep and so when i play against Parramatta, yeah they're, they're the team that i supported but, but they're the team me, i'm going to
0: beat today sort of thing
1: yeah yeah so um you know i i wanted to win at all costs and um it didn't matter to me that they lost when we played them because i i wanted to win um and it, it was sort it was, of a. It was, it a it was
0: probably play. it was it was probably like a fuck yeah I get to play against Parramatta and fuck yeah I got the win well, sort of thing.
1: Funny thing as well was in the uh, 2007 um, Jersey leg grand uh, Jersey Flake grand final. Yeah. Um, obviously we played against Parramatta, didn't we? Yep. And after the game, when we come out of the shower, I've got my Parramatta Eagles towel there, so I'm drawing myself <laughs> with the Parramatta towel and. Yep. um, I can't remember who it was, but one of the lads just after I drive me, so they just come up and got the town just like rip. <laughs> oh, uh, but again, like that was just one of the uh, like comical moments about you know what I I support Parramatta, play for Penrith, but you know what this is this is who I am. This is what we do. Um, <laughs> and again the the lock the locker room banter and um you know sort of like jokes um you know Character it, I, I was, as well. well i was surprised that mittel had lasted you know that long so but again that there you know it, it builds uh bonds with with the men that you're you're around um so often again like you, you spend so much time with these people that you're probably with them more often than your family um yeah. and you, you you create such a a, a close relationship um and again, it's the, these are you know sort of like memories and moments that you know you, you cherish and and live on and you know for for quite some time. And, and I've got a I've got a mate that sadly has passed now in uh, Masada Issefer, and yeah, um, you know we we played... passing
0: was the anniversary was just recently, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, well, it was only um, last week. Um, and I, I was quite you know fortunate and lucky enough that we we grew up through school together playing footy together um through Penrith. And um again, these those there were were moments where I look back on and you know what and just think how, how good they were. And again, um, you know, sort of like cherish those with a smile on my face. Um knowing the the type of person and player he was, um they, you know, it helped make make these memories um just as great as what they are. So, you know, sometimes the um the, a little bit sad to, to relive, rethink, but again, um you know I I look at it as in um it's quite quite lucky and um and, and blessed to to have shared those moments with with someone.
0: Oh absolutely. Um and obviously before we get stuck into your start of the NRL journey, rugby league always starts at grassroots. Obviously, we just covered Dune side, but there's also another side, and in particular you're wearing that side. Blacktown Red Belly Warriors, you are a proud Indigenous man. Obviously, also a proud Maltese man. We'll talk about Malta in a little bit, but Indigenous. Obviously, to anyone who may not know, the Curry Knockout is a New South Wales competition. There's also the Murray Carnival up in Queensland. Now, what was your first um, experience? And you know that what's your earliest memory of the Curry Knockout?
1: Um. So, my my name Vilma Ryan. She um she sort of got out. Blacktown, um, back at that time it was called um, Blacktown Western Warriors. Okay. And um, oh, sorry, Blacktown Curry Eels. Sorry. Yep. Um, and she got obviously the the family together, and um, from there we uh joined obviously the knockouts all over um Sydney. Yeah, not just and, the crew; there would have been all kinds yeah, of ones. Yeah. Here. Um, from there she, she uh. Then ventured in, we had our own little committee and created our own Bucktown Curry Knockout. Knockout. Yep. Um, so I started my first game. Um, we had an under-11. It was under-12s team, but I was 11 at the time. Yep. So um, technically under-11s. So under-12s technically. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we had, I remember... The the men's team they had you know it were parramatta style jerseys because we we're yep. um the eels, yep. Blacktown back- crew years, yeah. But um it would we, have been
0: tricky when it came to the curry knockout because now we're in eels as well. Sorry, continue.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I mean obviously the, the jerseys were slightly different, but again, the, the color color scheme were the same, and yep. yeah. Um, but we our our first jerseys were like Melbourne Storm jerseys. Oh, okay. Uh, So we were still Blacktown Curry Eels, but we were wearing Storm jerseys. But obviously at that time, um, I think the Storm may have just come through and, um, you know, they were, you know, a a red hot team to say that they were a new new franchise within the NRL. Um, And then from there, I never never missed a a knockout. So from 11 till now, um, you know, Probably the last few years it's been difficult to get back from the UK in time for the knockout because our season's still playing. Of course. But, and of
0: course, because uh, COVID cancelled the knockout for about two years yeah, as well.
1: Yeah. So um, you know, I, I get back and um, every chance I get to to play, but it's it's quite difficult being um over here and our season's still running. So but yeah. uh from from there, you know, we we, we started out as Blacktown Career Hills we then um went into Blacktown Western Warriors and then we had a um one of our family members in um Jai Pittman he started a youth um club and team called uh, red belly um red belly warriors um and then we're like you know what for the for the future of this club you know let's let's bring the juniors with us. We'll unite as a as a whole. Um and we came up with the, the idea, you know, Bucktown Red Belly Warriors. Um so now we now, now we've got like a a youth path to come up into the the first team. Um you know we've the last two years we've really been uh, very successful and, and flourishing through with a lot Absolutely. of young young aboriginal kids both women's and in men's um off the top of my head i think you know we've got a i think we've got a, a 13s a 15s and 18s boys i think we've got a 16s and 18s possibly a, a women's team as well um, and obviously, we've also got the men's team, and um, which,
0: which, side so uh, note, the, the men's team was was quite successful last year in the sense of the only men's team in last year's career knockout without an active NRL player to make the quarterfinals. If I'm not mistaken, if, is is that correct?
1: I believe so, mate. Yeah, um, which again, is an amazing that, that... feat. It's been our most successful um, year within the knockout since um, you know we've been participating. Um, again, that 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 goes to the hard work that um, our committee and family do behind the scenes. Oh, absolutely. Um, and and again, this is you know that they, they work um, tirelessly to to give us everything that we we possibly can, so that we don't have to worry about nothing except just lacing our boots player. up. And performing, yeah, and and I mean, you know, we 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 look after ourselves to the highest regard. So we've got a full time strapper and masseuse on board. We um, we get fed, um, you know, all our meals throughout the day. We've got snacks prepared. You know, we we've got all our um, hydration supplements. It's uh, literally we like
0: a mini NRL club for a four day weekend yeah, we, sort of
1: thing. We, we've, we've even got uh, you know ice baths and, and everything. Um, and to say that we're, we're just a, a small family-run um, team, club, committee, um, you know, there's there's no stone unturned um, for us. And so the, the, the hard work that they do and for us to be able to to get to the semi-finals um, in the knockout last year, you know, disappointing to, to bow out. But again, um, it's, a, it's a great reward and um, just, you know, appreciation for them and how hard work they do but at the same time for us now uh, that there's a stepping stone and 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 a standard that we're like okay well we've been here we've got a taste this is um you know what we are capable of if we you know do the the one percent and continue to work for each other again there was a lot of learning curves that we can take back um from that um and look at implementing them into this year's knockout and and further on and um, again, that's that's where we we want to do. You know, we we want to continue building and and trying to to be successful as we can and and playing these finals. So that so there can
0: eventually host it.
1: Well, well, again, that that's what you want to do. You want to host it. That's the that's the bigger picture, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but again, off off the back of that, now you know you we've we've proven the fact that you know we didn't win the knockout, but you don't have to. Buy big name players. You don't have to. Yeah. Biggest. Like you, the because there's a lot of there's a lot of talent out there, and there's a lot of family communities that get enticed to go to other clubs through whether it be money, whether it be through sponsorship, or um, you know, maybe some some third party um gift. But again, obviously, without knowing individual circumstances, that they're. Might be of a huge benefit to them, but again, for for me, I've I've always just said, you know what, I I play the game because I want to play with my family, and um, yeah, I want to win. But this is who I am. This is where I'm from. So, so that's representing we
0: can to get the win.
1: Yeah, representing somewhere else would not feel right. Um, and I've always played for Blacktown. There was one time I didn't play for Blacktown. I played for Bathurst, but that there was because Blacktown we never entered um a team so I but played you still with Bathurst. To, to compete. Yeah so I played with Bathurst with again a few family from Blacktown that had um you know uh, extended family that played for, for Bathurst so I played with them and um we played Maury um against Brad Ty and yeah. um, wow. I just said after the game I just said listen Enjoyed playing, loved playing, representing. Um, you know the other family. I said, but for me, I'm a Blacktown boy, and if uh, <laughs> if we don't put a team in, I said, I'm, I'm just not going to play. Um, and from that moment, I'm not too sure on what year that was. Uh, maybe 2013, possibly. Well, that
0: is the last time it was in Bathurst. The the next time is actually this year
1: is in Bathurst. Well, there you go. Okay, so that that would have been it. I was just like, you know what. No, um, I'm just going to uh, to play with Blacktown. If we don't put a team in, well, then I'll just I'll come and watch. Um, because it's it's a magical weekend. Oh, it's, it's it is. It is such weekend. so
0: incredible. I'm, um, I, I, it pisses me off that all that scouts for the NRL don't go to these to this event in particular. It really does. Yeah,
1: I I I think it's a um no, it's it's like Christmas Day for scouts. They go there the the untouched raw talent that is on show. And the sixteens and like, the
0: eighteens that could be put into systems, mate. Oh, you know yeah. firsthand, of course. Yeah. It's incredible.
1: Um, but at the same time, it's I think it's more than um that I think they can get a real uh a real handle on what it means um to the Aboriginal community, to the mm. to the people. Um, but at the same time they can connect with the families because you know, it's it's not easy for, for young Indigenous kids um, to then, you know, venture away from their family and oh, awesome. be on their own or thrown in a completely new environment. So it will give them a handle um, on just how tight and close-knit the, the families and the Indigenous communities are. And from there, I think they'll probably be able to better um, equip the, the youth um, into... Because I, I do know... I do know young Indigenous kids do get scouted and then they go through and they just they can't um, they struggle
0: a bit because of the community of the families not
1: there yeah, sort yeah. of thing. And, and it's difficult. So I think they'll be able to to better suit um that transition, uh, which will allow the, the the indigenous kids that do get scouted um, to be able to, to to stay in that environment. While they're away from their family, um, and really concentrate and, and put all their time and energy into you know making a career, which is obviously what they want. Um, but I, I do think that the, the scouts in the game is missing out by you know not 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 touching on this talent because it's it's never ending. Um, it's, it feels like it's so.
0: As you said, it's so raw—the talent and the skill and the and the work ethics that that go in to the crew knockout every year—and it's it blew my mind. My first knockout was 2019 at Tugra, and then obviously a few years went by because COVID didn't get a chance to get down to the South Coast one. From what I've been told by people, at the 2023 knockout, glad I didn't. Um, but last year's knockout at Tugra again was just. It, it, As Cody Walker said to me last year, it's the biggest modern-day corroboree that you'll ever see. And it's literally, no no matter where you're from, mob is mob. And it's literally the most incredible weekend of the year. To be honest, I look more forward to the Curry Knockout each year, which is on grand final weekend, for anyone who may not know, more so than I do the grand final. Even my Brisbane Broncos were literally playing in the grand final that weekend. I still went to the Curry Knockout instead.
1: Yeah, it's that's, that's, mate, yeah. It, it, it's absolutely massive, and um, thankfully the game, the knockout, it just grows every year. It absolutely does. grows. I I think I'm like just how big is it going to get? Like you look this year, well the year just gone. Sorry, um, the setup there. I thought it was immaculate. I think it there was what eight to ten fields. I think. I think there was
0: 170 mobs, like specific teams, which means there was like, you know, 170 times like six if you're counting the you know, sixteens, eighteens men's, sixteens, eighteens, women's sort of thing for each yeah. mob, which is incredible.
1: Yeah. And and again, obviously, you've got your you've got your handful of um teams that are there every year, and then every now and then there might be a new team come in. Um you know, there's there's a lot of memorial teams that come through yes. as well with with passings or family members and such. Um, so it's it's forever growing. And again, you just think like, how big can it get? Where can accommodate such a large uh, event with, you know, this many uh, people as well. But it's not just the the playing field. but it's it's about the broader community where they're gonna um say, the accommodation. And, exactly. You
0: know, Getting to uh, and from, because as you said, there are people coming from Bundjalung, Tweed Heads area all the way from down south sort of thing, which I'm not trying to put a good note on the Central Coast because I live here on the Central Coast, but Tugra definitely seems like, um, until until we see how Bathurst goes this year, I think it should be held at Tugra, regardless of who wins it, for at least for, for a while and see how it goes.
1: I, I made a similar comment. I said in all the years that I've uh, been involved with a knockout. More shade that at, at the place. <laughs> I was just like, you know what? I, I think this has been the, the most accommodating. Um, and you're not you're not on top of everybody. No. Like, there's, so there's, been a, there's been down. a few years where, uh, you know, you're just right on top of each other. No one can breathe and move. But um, I was like, for me, I'd be happy to come back here next year again. Like, um, but at the same time, like the, the good thing about the knockout is, you know, we're we'll always changing and we're not exactly. we're not playing in the we're not playing in the big cities, you know. We're going back to the country, we're going back to the indigenous communities, we're going back to um, you know, sort of the grassroots area. Um, and that's that's one of the, the great things about the knockout. But also like going back to obviously touching on the the young raw talent there yeah. at the knockout, like We've still got uncles that are playing the knockout that are like fifty-six year old. Yes. Seeing those folks is oh. they 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 knock the stuffing out of people Fight. Like, I wrote <laughs> rings remember, them too. Yeah, I, I remember one of the one of the knockouts back in the early days. I think I must have been about eighteen, nineteen. And we're playing at Dubbo. Yep. And um one of the uncles there, I think he was about fifty-three, fifty-four, and he's playing center. I've never been I've never been rocked so hard in my life. Like oh. it literally knocked out of me. See, and see. Uh, but they you when you look at them, like we're we're very we're very thinned. Like some of us have got some nice genetics and we we've got muscle on muscle. And then um, you know, the rest of it, you know, we're we're very thin, but you know, we're we're whippets at the same time. And, um, you know, we're we're very strong. And it would just it were knocking the stuffing out of everybody. So mate, like don't yep. get me wrong, there's a lot of raw, untouched talent, but at the same time, like well, we, we've got um uncles um that are playing, you know, into their late 40s, 50s, 60s that can still run around and play just as good as the young kids. Um, and that's that's the type of um talent and um you know, sort of like entertainment and creativity that that we possess, um, again, to, to say that, you know, it, it's only on, you know, once a year. Um, I'm like, oh, I think it's crazy to say that, you know, it, we should be broadcast on a, on a much wider spectrum. Oh, um, I believe absolutely again. on,
0: not just on NITV, but I, I believe should be on Fox league at least as well.
1: Oh, it's, mate, it's, it's such a big event. It's such a big event. Again, um, yeah, uh, I think the the turnover of um, revenue, you you could make a, a bomb there. Um, again, like I say, you know, a lot more people are jumping on and and doing their stores, and again, a lot of a lot of everything that that is involved and in, um around the the knockout is sort of like indigenous space, But again, the the revenue that put into to the knockout, um, how it's run, communities and such, I think you can tenfold. You can pull that back out, and again that that's only going to make um the knockout in our game stronger i believe um again i think you know the the broadcast and um you know the, the, the televised sort of like um viewing that we we can obtain um it's 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 only in our value but again i, I think we we're we're missing we're missing a kick there but mm-hmm. um again obviously it's got to be for for the benefit of um the, the indigenous communities um and, and their so but oh, mate it's something that I look forward to every year. And um, again I I am a bit disheartened and disappointed that it's only once a year. And if yeah. unfortunately yeah. the team that I'm involved with, we're still playing at the time, and I can't get back there. I'm like, you know, I'm straight on FaceTime, you know, FaceTime in the family and everything and trying to keep up on the on the scores and see how everybody's going. But um it, it's it's a massive event. Um, it 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 brings all the families together. And again, you you know for a fact if you haven't seen certain people um, throughout the year, you know for a fact you're going to see them at the knockout um, gang, you, You're going to and you're like the amount of times that like it, it's
0: it's not just playing footy. It's a you know say you've got a game on at like 10 a.m. kickoff, and then say your next game is you know 2 p.m. like sort of thing. You'll spend 99 percent of that time running into uncles and aunties and cousins and stuff, just catching up, even if it's for a quick five minute yarn or a whole hour, just literally to the point where some players I saw in particular, not necessarily NRL, literally had to have a a friend or family member with them, usher them to the next field because they couldn't, you know, have time to stop because they were just so busy. And that's what it is though. It's a massive family and community event as well.
1: Well, we, we, we had, um, obviously we, we got a few uh, family members and, um, people involved within our our team that um, also they were off helping other teams as well. So they were, yep. they were with us doing whatever, you know, our, our preparations and types like we needed. But then straight away, boom, they're shooting off and they're helping, you know, whether it be train, um, organise and delegate other teams um, for the other side of the families you know, for, for most of us, you know, we're, we're not just from the one tribe. Some of us have got yeah. maybe three, four tribes. Exactly. Um, Someone
0: could be Wiradjuri, Bundjalung and Wolgut all in one sort of thing. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: So, you know, you're literally, once one thing finishes, mate, you're, you're legging it straight over to another field um, and you're back again. So sometimes it's quite uh, quite easy to, to get caught up and miss certain things just because you're all over the place and not just because of that you are getting pulled by cousins, aunties, uncles and you you have a chat and it's not just a quick chat of how you doing like yeah. you you dive deep into into conversation um but it, it it is good um you know it's it's the one time of year that uh everybody's together and you you reminisce on um a lot of old stories and yeah. again you 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 make new stories as well so it's it's a great time of the year that um for me, uh, you know, last year back and uh, with Blacktown, obviously it was um it wasn't a memorial team, but um it was in uh, remembrance of of our Nen who started up Vilma Ryan. Obviously she passed. Um and our, our auntie Rhonda, um, Rhonda Baxter, so she um she passed and she were heavily involved and she I were we've been so proud as to how far you you well, guys yeah, went last year. We felt a sense of, of Auntie Rhonda was was there on our shoulders. Um, you know, there were certain times, certain moments where, you know, we had a really calming sensation, which is the effect that she had on us. But at the same time, you know, you wouldn't always see her, but you would hear her. Um, okay. Yep. And, we all um, have someone
0: like that in our family for sure. Yeah.
1: So it, it, again, the, the success that we had were the best that we've had. But at the same time, you know, quite eerie that. The, the effect um, that Annie Rhonda had on us, you know, we came out and produced our our best efforts um, at the knockout. So, again, that was quite a, an emotional um, sort of attachment. Um, and, again, it, it sort of like it recollected us a, a little bit more because um, it, it, it had been a tough um, six months, 12 months, particularly um, to – Two of the boys, like her sons, played played with us as well. So, uh, you know, it, it were it were great as a as a team, as a family, as a community. That, and we we all pulled together. And um in their in their memory, um and in, in their influence that they had on us, you know, we 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 done as well as we did. So, um, it came. But that's that's what we're about, Um and that's. Not the only reason, but it is a big reason of why I love doing what I do. Basically,
0: yeah, that's incredible. And honestly, I could go on for hours with you about you know the Kuru knockout and Red Blacktown Red Belly Warriors, but we only have about half an hour more of. So let's get stuck through the rest of the questions. The next one is also talking about your other side of your heritage, which is Malta. Um, obviously, very proud Indigenous man, but also. Equally as proud, Maltese, man. You've had the opportunity to represent Malta internationally on 17 occasions. 18, technically, if you count your uh, game for Malta Rugby Union as well. First of all, what was it like getting the call-up for Malta back in, I think it was uh, 2006, if, I may, if I'm wrong. I hope I'm not wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah I think 2006. Um, my now really good friend in Anthony Michaelis, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Chop. Um, I received a phone call from him and um, just said uh, basically who he was. Um, we've got a, a Maltese international team that we've just started to feature. Um, they would like um, myself to to come and be involved within the team. Uh, what was my thoughts? And, uh, you know, I was just like, you know what? Yes, please. I'd love to be involved. I'd love to represent um you know my, my heritage and my Maltese family. Uh, you know, uh, mate, say no more. I'm I'm there. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and again, you know, I have not looked back from there and um we've uh, we've had some some really good triumphs and some, some successful sort of like um years, um a few disappointing ones, but again say um our highest ranking uh well on the international sector was i think 10th.
0: I think you're uh, back there as well if not you're 12th now and like you are crawling back climbing back up.
1: To again a lot of a lot of the the time and effort behind the scenes um as well as obviously performances on the field um you know that that there is is um absolutely huge um in terms of where we start and where we've come from. Um again, we're only a tiny island. Uh, but again we we possess um you know a, a lot of heart um within it within our uh, community and um, we 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 love um you know representing our family and our heritage um and we're we don't really have the the big superstars as a lot of the other the other nations and you know, Tier Twos um uh, that, that are participating now. Um so we um we did we call a lot on, you know, trying to keep the, the core group together and um, as yeah. much as we possibly can. Again, obviously it's all volunteered so um it's not um you know it's not always viable. But for me the reason why I love representing Malta and my heritage is we don't get paid to to play um, and we pay our own own way. So travel, accommodation, literally every penny that you spent representing Malta is off our own back. And I know that the people that I'm playing with and playing for, they're there for the right reasons. They're not there for a holiday. They're not there to say, you know what, I've got They're literally putting
0: just as much effort emotionally, yeah. physically and financially yeah. as you are. So... Just as and, the pun, invested as you are,
1: yeah. And mate, for me, I don't care that there's no superstars around me, um, or I'm not in a um, a light full of um, heroes. The these men that I play with, and these people that are involved within the the team, um, you know, they really want to take Maltese rugby league forward. They want to leave it in a better place than when they came into the system. Um, And, you know, every time you speak, they listen. Um, Again, I mean, when I got involved and even before I got involved, like the Australian-based Maltese um, group, you know, we've got a fairly good understanding of the game, the development, um, and obviously um, our skill set. So we probably play at a a semi-decent level. But going back to the island, like, we literally had to start from scratch. And I mean, like, as simple as how to play the rugby league ball. Um, Yeah. Um, Because it's a
0: union-based sort of nation,
1: isn't it? It it is. Um, And then, obviously, throughout time there, there's been a bit of, you know, sort of like a Mexican standoff between rugby league, rugby union. Um, but the benefit on the island for the game on both sides is, you know, what we work together. Yeah. Um, so, like, we really had to go back to the basics and teach, like, as simple as just how to play the ball. Um, obviously, the the rules differ. Um, yeah. But now the, the game's starting to flourish and really start to to take a turn to um, greater heights. Uh, we've got a lot more uh, participants and in, in involvement on the island. Again, the only Disappointment and letdown, I believe, is the fact that you know we are so entertaining, um, and we are the highest ranking international team on the island, but yet everything no we do is self funded. Yeah, yeah. Everything is self funded. We, we've got no sponsorship, we've got, um, you know, no sort of like handouts. Everything we do is off our own back and which is um, a credit
0: and a testament to you guys to how well you guys are i did not just the men's but also the women's and the the baby dames as you could call them and the young knights as well like it's a massive testament given it's all self-funded as well
1: it it is it is and again i guess you can pat yourself on the back for that and say you know what look at it this is this is for us like we we've not had a helping hand you know we've not had anyone come in and sort of like give it to us you know we we've earned everything we've done and there's been long nights and um, long days, uh, but again, like I say, the work behind the scenes through um, Chalk, Anthony Micallef, uh, Dave Aksisa, um, you know the the new Malta uh, head coach over there in Australia, uh, Aaron McDonald. Um, you know we've got um, blokes like that uh, that literally they they go far beyond um, their means and uh, their time to to really. Try and get us quality games and fixtures more than just once throughout the year. Um, and again, like I say with the, the uh, indigenous side they, they literally do, no stone unturned, give us everything we, we possibly can to focus on, you know what, the players just need to play and we do this. Um, so uh, again, with, without their, their their time and efforts that they go through, which you know they, they sacrifice family times and uh, things of that nature to to get us in the position we are. Um and again we've like I said, we we've come a long way in the last 15 to 20 years. Um uh, yeah. well yeah. Um uh, so far. But again, it's you know, I, I love to do it. So um, you know, we we traveled to Norway, Germany, um more recently we've been going to like Bulgaria, Serbia. Um, you know, we've got some, some really big fixtures coming up this year and if we can get them across the line. But at the moment, they're still in the um, negotiation phases. Um, but for me, I'm like, you know what? I've been rewarded um, so much from this game that I love that for me to not be able to to give back or help leave that in a better position than when I've um, been involved. I'm like, that would be a discredit to, to the game. And it would be more so, you know, it's so like throwing in the face of, of my time there and um, I absolutely love everything um, that they do and the vision that we want to take the the team and the club. So for me, I, I'm always on the phone um, to chop just saying, you know, what can I do? Is there anything else needs doing? Like who are we talking to? Like what about this team? Um, at the same time, like um, eligible players that we potentially didn't know were eligible. Um yeah. And again, I, I want to field the the strongest possible team. Obviously, the the grander picture is, you know, we want to qualify for a World Cup. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we've, we've we've not been um there just yet. But again, that there is is the goal of ours. Uh, but at the same time, you know, every year we're we're really trying to to build towards that and um play some some stiffer um tougher um opposition. Um. But uh, again, we're uh, we're still building on the island um and trying to keep everybody involved. Um, you know, past players, Benny Semm still involved, I think Roderick Adad on the island still involved. Um, you know, so it, it's more than just a team again, um, a bit like the um okay. Aboriginal Knockout. Okay. Okay. Yeah. it's a it's a community-based thing where we all draw together. Um, but again. Um, I'd like to see, you know, a little bit more sort of investment from uh, the island um, in regards to helping us, you know, get better uh, facilities, um, you know, maybe allow us to train or be in a better position um, and then look at uh, getting ourselves to, to higher quality um, personnel. But yep. um, again, take take nothing away from where we've been and what we've done so far, you know, we we've done it off our own back without the help. And um, again, whether whether or not we we get any help or any um, sponsorship or investment, you know, we'll continue to do that. And um, you know, we'll always put our best foot forward. Um, again, it's it's difficult to <laughs> it's difficult to have you know one team sort of like based in the UK and Malta, and then another team based um, in Australia because obviously they they both differ, um, yeah. you know, quite a lot. So what we're trying to do is we've got the Australian-based team up here, we've got the, the UK Maltese-based here. We're trying to bring them up. Yeah. Um, but, again, uh, with the availability of work and family commitments on the island, you know, it's, it's so hit and miss. So it's trying to schedule games um, where we're able to field our best team which will allow us, then, obviously, to perform better, uh, yep. but then also climb that international ranking ladder um, yeah. and push push for that um, that World Cup um, qualifying position. But um, you know, say nothing about that. We um, we we do our absolute best with with what we have. Again, where we're still growing a lot of interest uh, from the island and uh, you know we we're we're getting there, we're getting there slowly, but surely, but we're getting there um and again i I love lacing the boots up, going back to the island, um and you know and 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 donning on that that famous red and white jersey
0: absolutely um, and that's honestly, I, I don't know what to title this episode. Once a warrior, always a warrior, or you know, the the Maltese Knight. I, I've, I've got to figure it out because, you know, you're such a proud Indigenous man, and just as proud Maltese man. It's it's incredible. Obviously, we've spoken about your know, time with the knockout and involvement with the Red Belly Warriors, as well as Maltese Knights. Now let's get stuck into your club journey, and then some, some fun questions toward like, at the end of that, and then it, it'll be wrapped up. So, We've got obviously Penrith was was your first uh, top tier like professional league team, the Penrith Panthers. What was it like going through the system? And um, you know, do you remember your debut?
1: Um, actually, I I, I do remember my debut. Yeah, but uh, yeah. firstly, I think um, I was within the uh, Penrith development system. I think from the age of eleven. Okay. Uh, and you know what? It's uh it's quite funny because it, it's a big thing, you know. You have been selected to play representative footy um growing up, you know, that's the dream as a kid, isn't it? And you, you want to play NRL. So two two things that that stuck with me. And um they they fit heavily that I continue to to try and instill into everyone now that I I cross and want to make not just NRL, you know, a dream, but if they have dreams and um When we first went into the to the complex there at Penrith, Mm. there was a big sign. There was a big sign, and on the sign it said, um, "Attitudes are contagious. Is yours worth catching?"
0: That's a great. uh, First of all, that's a great statement, let alone a great sign.
1: And um, obviously, I was only eleven, and obviously, we we listened to um, members of the um, Penrith uh, club speak to us. Then we had our own sort of like. Development coaches um, speak to us and and go through obviously what was expected, but again, you know, sort of a congratulations, patting you back for um, yeah. your rewards, this and that. And then I, I would just, I remember thinking about it, and I thought I had a good attitude at the time, um, but I really, really, really hit me, and I was I had a had a big think, and from that moment, <clears throat> I sort of, I changed uh, my mindset a lot. And um, so not not necessarily my playing style, but my thought process. Okay. And what was the
0: mindset I, beforehand and what was the mindset after?
1: Well, the, the 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 mindset beforehand was more or less, you know what? I'm just, I'm playing the game. I'm doing what I'm doing. That's it. Um, Like I don't need
0: to be any better than I am
1: sort of thing. Well, I, I thought I was the best that I could be. Yeah, um, okay. <clears throat> At, at that given age yep. and um you know I I had the mindset that I was the best and um after thinking about that, I was like, okay well, I think there's more to it than than just that like there's more to it than the attitude of just me so I then thought about my team I thought about um my position, the um overall sort of um, the effect that I had on them. Um, yeah. Well, especially just, being,
0: a, being a half sort of thing, or were you not a half at,
1: at in the under-11s? Um, the funny thing was I, I played half. I played 5'8 for my club team, okay. but I played full for the rep team. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But you were still in the yeah. spine sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I was still in yeah. the spine. I was still, in the spine, still involved in... Well, I believe you know, sort of like that leadership role, um, yeah.
0: helping and, steer the uh, lads around the park, sort of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I've I'll, I'll gone from the mindset of obviously, you know what, it's just me. I'm I'm the best. I'm you know I'm I'm doing me, and um, you know I'll continue to do so. And then obviously thinking about that sign now, I'm like, okay, well, is there anything that I'm doing that negatively will affect my team is there anything that. I'm doing that. Uh, that I'm not doing that. I should be doing. And I mean, I'm only eleven year old, so I'm not not diving too deep into you know psychological side of things. Yeah, and, but you're thinking, you know, what can I do better? What can I but, change if I need? Yeah. So from there on, I started to get my teammates to to work on certain stuff, and um, as opposed to just myself. Um, and then we there were, there were a core group of us where, you know, we do a lot of stuff together. Um, and, and from that moment, you know, you, you start to to see as a team, but individually wise, you know, more pieces of the puzzle starting to come together. Um, yep. we're, we're already a, a quite a successful team and an influential team, but from here, you know, we, we started to to grow um, a little bit more and, I'm not saying it was just because of, you know, what I felt about this mindset of how I thought about stuff, um, but that there seeing that um, that quote um, at Penrith, it sort of made me think a little bit differently. Um, and, and it's something that, you know, I, I hold quite close now to this day, um, which on to the other thing that I said, um, we went to one of our first training sessions. And at the end of the training session, and our coach said, right, everyone sit down, blah, blah, blah. Who here wants to play NRL? Everyone. Everyone, everyone would up.
0: put that. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they go, right, okay. Who thinks they have what it takes to play NRL? Everyone put yeah, their right. hand up.
0: Yep.
1: And then he goes, right, oh, okay. He goes, who here thinks they've got the attitude to make the NRL? Ooh, that's a good question. Not the, the attitude. I think there was only about maybe three or four players that didn't stick their hand up. Everyone did. And then they're like, right, okay. Well, out of that group, you've probably got one percent um in this team that's gonna make it. Who do you and think get, that one percent I
0: was gonna say, first of all, a quick question before you you answer his question. Was it the ones who didn't put their hands up that were the one percent?
1: No. Uh, no. I was
0: thinking maybe you didn't put your hand up because you were like, my mindset's changing, I'm not going to put my hand up yet sort of thing.
1: No, it, no I, I definitely put my hand up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so again, when they said only 1% from this team's going to make it, and um, there was about five of us that stuck our hand up. Um, and then he's like, right, well, from the 1% here, there's probably only 1% in your age group that's going to make it. So not that it's just here. In your age group.
0: Yeah, wow. And um, how many of that under-11s team, other than you, made it into the NRL, whether it was with the Panthers or not, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Um I think it was just myself and Jeff Daniela. Yep, wow. Um, that again, really is a 1%. We, we had a team that was oozing with talent, man, across the board, across the board. Um, and when I look back, It was only through attitude that I believe that other players didn't make it. Yep. So, um, and again, there's even like after the under-11s, like under-12s, under-15s, under-18s, under-20s, like there there were players there that talent-wise were good enough, should have made it, but through attitude – and choices away from footy, uh, you know, that let them down and they've they've come unstuck. Uh, But then again, this is sort of like back into the, you know, attitudes are contagious is yours worth catching. Um, For me, I was like, you know what, I'm that 1%. I'm that 1%. You know, I'm doing what someone else isn't doing. Or if someone's doing this, I'm doing that. And that was the, the... Obviously, so you know what. There's someone there at six o'clock that's you know going for a run. There's someone here after school that's you know doing gym or doing some hand eye or doing some kicking. So I literally um, devoted all my spare time into to footy. So I mean, I was quite lucky enough that um, my mum recorded all our games. Oh, so wow. I I watched you could every game. Go back and watch the tape and be like, this is why I, I went I, wrong. I I watched every game religiously, like every game. And if we played a team, if we we're playing a team this week, I'll watch the game of when we played them last time. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, this is what they do. This is where we go, do this. Um, so I were already um, you know, jumping into um the video analysis side of things. Did your mum do How that we...
0: when you were in the NRL at the Panthers? Did she tape your, your game on TV and you went and watched it when you got home?
1: Mum mum did tape it yeah yeah mum did tape it but this was more so like when we were younger yeah, I mean I'm talking yeah, of, about course. Five, 11,
0: I of course I figured that out, so maybe she did it even
1: into your NRL days well, too yeah yeah she did you know mum parents uh, you know they they're very proud aren't they so um mum mum recorded all my games um all my interviews and you know kept all all the article clippings things of that nature but um so, obviously, I'd go back in and watch all the games of these teams that I've played, picking up little spots and points of how to, you know, dissect them and prove and, and ensure that, you know what, we, we got the win, basically. And um, I I would, like, literally... Um, not I, I never went out to... I don't think I went to my first party or club until I was, like, 19 or so. So, oh, yeah. I, or... or friends were going to parties, they were going and having a drink and, um, you know, socialising. No, I I devoted all my time to ensure that I made the NRL. Like and that's my, where, my it, that's was, where it
0: comes full circle to the sacrifice yeah,
1: that people don't see. My, my goal was I'm going to make the NRL. I'm going to reward my mum for her sacrifices over the years to making sure that I never missed a training session, never missed a game, always had, you know, any equipment that I needed, this and that. And I'm going to make the NRL, and I buy my mum's house. That's that's yep. my goal. Nothing's standing in my way. Nothing's stopping me. You know, n- nothing will derail me from that path. And so, I literally sacrificed. I, I didn't miss out. Don't get me wrong. I didn't miss no. out, but I sacrificed a lot. Like
0: my teen years. If, if anything, in- you willingly uh, missed out.
1: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I did. Uh, and if I had my time over to do it. I do the exact same. Couldn't change a thing. Um, so you know what? Before school, I was going for a run. I was either hitting the gym or training. Then at lunchtime, I was training. After school, I was hitting the gym. I was kicking the the football. I was working. Like I was constantly working. When I got home, you know, I was watching old tapes. Um, and and this literally was day by day. I lived and breathed it. Um. Even after games, if I had a game on a Saturday or Sunday, after that game, I'd be off kicking the football. And um, but this is how devoted I was to ensure that you know what, I, I'm not going to be de- derailed. I'm that one percent. That's yeah. that's going um, to, and... to make it. And you did make it. Yeah. Oh, I, I this, I had this illusion that you know mm-hmm. what, uh, rugby league's millionaires' yes. game. So mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to make it my club dune side. I want to, you know, build a really big stadium. Um <laughs> little that I know, it's it it, it wasn't the, the millionaires game. Well no, it's not it, it is it is now. it's yeah, absolutely a uh, game back. Uh, back then I was like, you know what? I, I love the club. Um and again like even now like when I'm back home I still go I still go back to their senior present uh, their junior presentations. I go back to the club. Um I am the youngest um, life member um, of Dunside Ruse. Yeah, yeah, through the club. Again, um, I think if I was at another club, yeah, uh, I'm not too sure if I would have been the same player. I'm not too sure if I would have stayed at that one club. Like I, I stayed at Dunside Ruse my whole career. Yeah. I, I don't play many. There, clubs, there are and, quite
0: a lot of players that, um, that yeah not necessarily jump and change but they maybe start at one club from like under 6 to like under 12s then they go to a different club then they yeah. go to a different club and yeah, yeah whereas as you just said you went right the way through not including the Penrith Panthers system but your your club not your rep club was doing side all the way through yeah
1: yeah um and again that that's something I'm I'm quite proud of and you know the fact that I'd say at the one club don't get me wrong I'd I'd had um luring offers and the <laughs> um, some um some money offered to me to to go to different clubs and um I was just you know I was like I, I couldn't picture myself playing anywhere else. Like yeah, yeah. for me Do- Doonside Dune side was the heart of why I played and don't get me wrong, back in the day Dune side the, the main pitch has got a big cricket pitch in the middle of the field and it were covered with dirt so it was like quicksand when you ran on it. Yeah. Um, and you you get to one end, you get to one end of the field, and in the um uh, in the corner of the the um in goal area, it was just dirt and dust and um Jeez. so you know what you you come off the field with no skin on your your hips, <laughs> your elbows, your knees, um but it never stopped you from diving for a try, yeah, uh, yeah. um like it were yeah, it's it was body memory. on the line stuff, yeah, and we look back now, and there's there's grass on there, it's green, and we're like, "Mate, kids don't know how good they've got it these days." Yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, it, it's sort of like a a, a running joke, uh, but again, it's it's good to see the club come from where it was to to now. Having green fields for sure. Yeah, yeah they, they, they've got nice nice green patch of grass there. I think I think they've got a fence around the the fields in the clubhouse now. They've got a really big clubhouse. Um, so, mate, again, it's it's things that I love to see that the the club's growing. Um, you know, I've I think myself, um, I think I'm me and uh, another fellow, but then Jamie Thompson, where um, Hall of um, Hall of Fame is there. Um, he played for Penrith in Canterbury. Um, I think uh, so. We we've got our I've got my Penrith and our real jersey hanging up in the clubhouse. I think Tomo's. Um, got his I think Canterbury Bulldogs jersey there. Yep. Uh obviously Blake Austin came through um Penrith as well.
0: Yep. Um I'll actually be got, interviewing Blake in April, so I'll definitely bring that up with oh, him. Okay.
1: yeah mate. Um, you you had uh, you've got the Fafita brothers there as well. Um so we we had a lot of a lot of talent that, that played at Dooney. Um and again we it's only been in the last couple of years where you know we've gone through to to play in a real or uh, a substantially high level of, of footy. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, even I think um, the fox, I, I think he he may have played um, at junior, junior junior years as well. So, no, we we've got we've got a lot of talent that that comes out of there. But Absolutely. Only a select few, mate, that that have gone on um to to play on a or at a substantially high level. Uh, Absolutely, again, yeah. I just think the the club itself it's it's a family it it's more than a club. it's a family. Um, and I think that's um uh, you know my whole thing uh, we we play football because we love what we do, but you spend so much time with these people, state they, they become your family, and um i uh I. I'm glad that you know I, I played my junior junior footy at Dooney, and um, even even like now if like I'm I'm a root like yeah. I bleed Morona white. so, except when it's so, Origin
0: time, then it's sky blue.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, well, again, funny funny thing. Um, obviously when I was young, um, uh, when I was really young, my my idol was Mount Meninga. Ah, oh, okay, so, so I. I, I was a Canberra and um, I loved him playing at Canberra. Um, I used to write him letters. I used to send him cards to sign for me, everything. So when he played Origin, I supported Maroons.
0: Well, I mean, so, it also made sense
1: because side and Maroon and White. So, yeah. okay, yeah. But from, uh, from the moment that um, he he retired, Big Mao, man, I was a, I was a fully-fledged fully Blue Convert. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. But then, even even then, when he came into coaching, um, <laughs> I was like, you know what, I'm 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 a blue now. I'm yeah. I'm not changing. I, I love Mao, but he's not playing anymore. He's coaching. But yeah. they went on that streak of what eight years, and I'm just yeah. like, you know, next You're year like, I should have gone back. <laughs> every year was like, next year we're going to get it. Next year we're going to get it. And uh, you know, and then that in the,
0: in that like 14 year period, you did actually get it in um, 2014. What a fucking, uh, as a Queenslander, uh, born in Queensland, uh, so definitely Queenslander myself, uh, I can only imagine the elation that the Blues and Blues fans would have had in 2014 after eight years of literally not winning it to finally winning one. Like, if you don't mind me asking, as a rugby league professional and a fan of the Blues yourself, what was that like to obviously eight years of basically oppression? of not winning Origin to finally winning it again, it would have been tears almost sort of thing, if you don't mind me asking.
1: New South Wales is, is the heart of rugby league. That's where the core of, of footy is. And to be absolutely dominated by Queensland um, for for so many years, like it was sort of like belittling. Mm. Um, again, Sorry, I'm smiling because it's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously they had got the origin mindset down to a T. Like, even with, you know, the weakest Queensland squad. Mm. um, Was that the 2020? Yeah. Like, they they were written off. They couldn't stand a chance, but somehow they just got it. Like, they won it. as, as, As a team, you know, in their eyes, they were winning. That was it. And that that's something that I don't think the New South Wales team or environment has been able to uh, you know sort of like capitalize on. And I,
0: I'd agree with that because I, I find as an outsider, as in being a Queensland fan over in New South Wales, what I found during that you could say dynasty of you know that dominance, and also even in recent years, is. <laughs> It's, correct me if I'm wrong, because obviously I'm just a nuffy. I haven't played at the top level, of course. But in State of Origin, it's obviously, first of all, a totally different ball game. But I saw it as Queensland very rarely made changes to their squad unless there was like an injury to a player before the Origin come up or, you know, um, this. Uh, they were keeping that core, even if they were playing, say, out of position. But even if you were out of form leading into Origin, they would still pick them. Whereas the Blues around that time and also relatively the last few years, they they're picking players based on form, not necessarily based on their chemistry. And there was two or three years that the Blues dominated, those three to four years with Joey and all them. That was a great core group of the Blues. But also the Queensland core was building and that core is what won those eight years in a row, varying maybe two or three outs throughout the pardon me, throughout the Origin series. Um, and, and it's that sort of thing. If, if I'm not mistaken, that got Queensland. Those wins was keeping the core, not just the spine, but the the you know the forwards, the interchange. Literally, it didn't change. Whereas the Blues, every time they lost, were changing the halves combo, or they were changing the bench, just trying to figure out a combo that could work. And in my opinion, pick and stick, and you'll get the results eventually. Sort of thing. It was. Did you sort of see that too uh, w- uh, when the Blues were going through that?
1: Yeah, I, I think that they were quite evident, um, and again, I think the the media uh, made that um, quite evident. Um, mm. That you know, obviously the the group within Queensland, I'm not too sure over that period of eight years. You know, they maybe had about maybe thirty players, something mm. of that nature, a, bit, a very low number over you know the course of eight year period and um, play. New South Wales probably would have had maybe triple, uh, quadruple. Your, the every single halves
0: pairing there was a different halves each.
1: Guy. Yeah. Um. So the that puzzle there for the New South Wales team, um, it were quite difficult to get a to get a handle on the structure and the dynamics of it as a playing group. Um, to 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 move forward. And don't get me wrong, we had we had a game or two here and there where you know what you just we, blew we us out of the, the water. A, a game the overall series, we we fell by the wayside. And just as just as we thought, you know, what we 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 found the the right and uh, dynamics here um and the right pieces to the puzzle. Again, Queensland proved that we didn't. Uh, yeah, because Reynolds it, and, and Hodkinson won
0: that that series and then Queensland go on to win four more.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well it, again it, it goes back to, you know, the the dynamics and the mindset of origin being um uh, a completely different game set where it was it was almost as if you know they had formulated the origin um mindset themselves yeah and new south wales had maybe got a glimpse of um uh, you know like a, a pretest or, or something of that nature gotcha um yeah and yeah obviously it, it were a long it a long uh period as a as a blue to to sit yeah. there and, and go through those those daunting times but um again there there were some exciting exciting times um as a blue but we just we didn't have that formula um and again i, I still think as a blue you know we're, we're still trying to find it um queensland they you know even though they're they've got a new i'm not meaning
0: space, to smile i just love queensland so much
1: well mate they, they've got it right it there's no other way about it. They've got it right, regardless of who comes into that setup, into that formation. You know, they they seem to deliver, mm. and I don't know as a blue what we've got to do, but um, <laughs> <Good> maybe <rhyme. laughs> we, we we need to we we need to do something. And again, like uh, you you talk about. Um, like Freddie Fittler, um, that John's era where you know what, we were the unstoppable force and Queensland were building and then they they stuck to that that group. I think we need to have something of similar um game. It's finding the the right group. Um of you know what we can then mold uh around and whether it be through injury or, or whatnot, then look to bring in the the odd personnel in, but um that there I think's been our downfall. And um, you know, to, to Queensland's credit, you know, that, that's why they're so successful and, and and so so good at um origin time.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, no, I, I I definitely agree. Um obviously the old adage of the last few years of Queensland saying, we just get it, because they as you yeah. as you said, and I agree, they do seem to get it. Um there are definitely a few blues players of recent times that have that absolute dog in them um, and absolutely get origin. Most notably would be Jake Draboyevich. He absolutely gets it. Um, but obviously let's get into some quick fire questions. But before we do, I've got one question for you. And obviously one of your former clubs, the London Broncos have been promoted to the super league this coming season. How do you think they're going to
1: fare in the super league? Um, So, so, so proud and happy for, for London to, to regain super league status. Um, again, last year and and more recently, and the last few months, I um I've been in contact with the coach Mike Eccles, aka Testy. Um, you know we're really good mates. Um, and I I've I've just been saying all along like there's no there's no one you want to play for more than than that bloke right there, uh, Mike Eccles. Like the the respects. That the playing group has for him. Um I think it's quite evident on the field. And um as as the season was closing and getting more into sort of like the finals football, um I had a I had a feeling of you know the the 2018 season, it felt very similar to how that and I were I had no doubt that they would go through and come to um Toulouse in Toulouse and beat them and get uh, regain the Super League status. It, it very much had that feeling, uh, but then after the game, seeing the score, I was just like, you know what? Like it's a credit to the club. They've mm. they've bounced back. They've been relegated. They've bounced back again. Like again, they they bring in the right personnel. Like they don't bring in they don't bring a player into the into the environment. They bring the person into the environment. Yeah. Um. Very much like the the Queensland status. Again, it's quite difficult because they're they're out of the way. Um, being down south, so you yeah. do have to get the the right personnel to come down there. And again, it's a fairly big and move. You buy
0: into it as well.
1: It is. It's a fairly big move because you don't. You can't. You can't travel, and you've got to get your family. You've got to. You literally got to. Pick up your house and move down there. So I mean, I, I used to travel um and that was that were quite, you know, <laughs> taking yeah. body. Like I I lived in Leeds. I was up at 3 a.m. every morning, driving to That's... London, yeah, sure. um training, depending on what um gym group I was in, I was getting home maybe six, seven o'clock at night. Then depending on if there was, you know, a, an accident or road works, you know, sometimes nine o'clock at night. And this was every day, so it was quite difficult, um, and and uh, quite daunting on the body to to travel all the time. Um, so it is a a fairly big move to upheave your whole family to go there, but at the same time, money can't be the motivating factor. You've got to be no. there for the right reasons. And I think the last maybe six years, London have worked out that piece of the puzzle. And that dynamic of person, not the player. Um, and again, last year, you know, they um, again they weren't playing their their best bit of footy at the start of the year or the mid year, but they were building and um, week on week to that final where they played Toulouse away in Toulouse, and um, even at halftime, you know, they were behind in the scoreboard, mm-hmm. but they weathered the storm. They completed their sets to turn over the ball in the right areas of the field. And they took their opportunities in the, the dying minutes. And again, um to to Eccles and the staff and the players, you know, they they deserved it. So for myself, you know, I, I was really happy for them. Um pleased. Again, it brought back memories um of the 2018 season. And um yeah, mate, I, I just think, you know, uh this season, that under no illusion of the the task at hand. They know it's going to be a tough year. They know they're going to have to to ride the wave. Um, But again, I think they're they're probably going to be better equipped this year than what they were um, a few seasons ago when they were in Super League. And not just that, Um,
0: Super League teams are going to have to readjust to going back down to London for
1: games as well, for away games. Exactly. So it's not just them, it's other teams as well. But, um, you know, they they really are going to have to, um, you know, sort of like, up another ante, up another level, but you know, Mike Eccles, he he knows exactly what to say. He knows how to to get the team and and the boys up, uh, both um, condition wise and skill wise. And um, for me, it's just about keeping um, their best eighteen on the field for as much and as long as they can throughout the year. Um and I think that's been um the biggest hit for, for clubs over the last couple of years is you know, injuries. Uh, there's been a massive um fall of injuries. You know, last year they they looked after themselves really well, did London. Um so they were able to um consistently maintain, you know, their their one to eighteen for the majority of the year, with maybe the odd change here and there, but um, you know they've done that, but again, the the system and the setup, the environment at London, it's very very professional. Um, you know they do everything together. They're out of the way, so everything they do is together. You know they have breakfast together, coffees together. Um, you know they they train um, at a very high Super League standard. There, um, Mike Heckles standardises everything, and there's there literally is there's no fine line. It's either you do or you don't, and if you don't. And you know what, that's going to be addressed so that you, you don't get away of anything, um, which, again, um, it's, it's, it's good. And that's why the successful teams are so successful because there, there's no, you know, grey areas. It's black and white. Um, these are the standards. These are what's acceptable. This is what's not acceptable. You either follow these or you're out the door. Um, yeah. And, again, it's player-led. So, if you know players aren't doing what they should, or they're doing something they shouldn't do, you know, players will come on and address it. Um, obviously, at the same time, um, you know, the Mike Eccles and the staff they're there on hand all the time to oversee things. But, um, to say it was not a super league team, they are very much running, um on you know a super league um set up, super league environment, the way that they train, the way that they recover and the way that they um you know sort of uphold themselves. Um, you know, they're, they're not on a super league budget, they're not at a super league um facilities or stadium, but, you know, they conduct themselves in a super league manner. And yes, yeah. you know, it's no reason why they're back there now. Um and Um, You know, it'd be nice to see them to, to remain and stay in Super League. That's,
0: I mean, fingers crossed. Um, I'm a massive Leeds Rhinos fan myself, having Leeds heritage. Um, But it's great to see the London Broncos back in the league because back when I was growing up, it was London Broncos were in there, Bradford Bulls were in there, all those sort of clubs that are now, unfortunately, well, not necessarily now because um, London are back, but a lot of those sort of clubs have unfortunately fell by the wayside, but it's great to see them, you know, even Bradford is somewhat making a push again to an extent. And it's good to see. Unfortunately, Bradford actually just beat Leeds. Uh, not, I think it must. I think it was last night or the night before um, in their final trial match before the Super League season goes ahead. So again, um, it's good to see those clubs, you know, back in the in the mix, for lack of a better term. Your feet deserve a break, guys, and what better way to treat them right than with a new pair of thongs? And guys, Toey Thongs has you covered. No word of an actual lie. These thongs are the comfiest pairs I've ever ever own straight out of the package soft as heck you know they come in single plugger and double double plugger i'm currently rocking the single pluggers um yeah guys for just 30 dollars per solo pair and the more you buy the cheaper they get and who doesn't love cheap thongs you know they also offer a monthly subscription to receive a pair every month for six months so if you're a thong fiend or just need a new pair be sure to head to toythongs.com use our code life and sport 15 for fifteen percent off at checkout. So we've got some quick fire questions followed by two final, uh, you could say introspective type questions. First one is Apple or Android? Apple. Absolutely. What's your favourite movie of all time?
1: Ah, uh, of all time, I don't know. I, um, you know there's there's quite a few favourites of mine. Again, I'd probably say depending on what mood I'm in. Okay. But, um, okay, well, you know, let's go I, with the top three
0: then. If, you, if you're having trouble deciding, <laughs>
1: um, I grew up watching, um, you know, the Rocky, um, yep, so I absolutely love Rocky. Um, uh, I like, um, Shawshank Redemption,
0: great film, um,
1: great that, film. That's a good one, um. And um, I love Coach Carter. Oh,
0: that's the first. I haven't had anyone on the podcast say Coach Carter yet. Shawshank is a very common answer. Um, but the Rocky ones also. First time I've heard I've um, been told that on the podcast, so that's very interesting. How do you like your steak? Uh, medium rare, absolutely. Um, what's your drink of choice? Whether that's alcoholic, energy, uh, Gatorade, whatever.
1: Um, I would say. If it is an alcoholic drink, I'll have a um probably a a Jack Daniels. Yep. Um apart from that, I love my coffee. Yeah. Um yeah, mate, I, I can't start my day without a coffee and it's gotta be strong. Okay. If it's weak, if if it's weak, I'm telling you it's weak.
0: <laughs> um, Fair enough. So like we're talking quad shot or are we talking more than quad shot?
1: Yeah, yeah, mate. I'll <laughs> I'll take um I've got um I've got a, a special uh it's like a scooper um yep. that came with with a a coffee that I got gifted with and it's like a uh it's like a, a two teaspoon sort of like equivalent.
0: Yeah, wow. Even
1: more I've got two of them in there, bang. <laughs> um funny funny thing was though, before I had kids, couldn't stand the smell of coffee. <laughs> yep. Never Never touched a drop of coffee. Yeah. Uh, the minute I had kids, that was it. Give me coffee. <laughs> Give me coffee. Yep. Couldn't, couldn't even tell you why I said I wanted a coffee, but I had a coffee and that's it. Uh, <laughs> mate. That, that, that's me since.
0: That's fair enough. Um, and final question for the quick fire is thongs or crocs?
1: Thongs, mate. Oh, mate sorry, if, if, you're wearing, if you're wearing crocs, mate, I'm showing up for you. I'm <laughs> absolutely showing up for you
0: absolutely and so my final two questions first of all is what are three life lessons that you know now that you would tell to your younger self
1: three life lessons Mm um i'd probably say um control only what you can control so there's a lot there that's that's going on. you're gonna have influences, everyone's gonna have an opinion, but control what you can control yeah. um, I'd probably say, be smarter with your money uh-huh. um, be more present um you know there's Time comes and goes, but once it's gone, that's it. You won't get it back. So, so be more present. Um, you know, it, we never know um, what's going to happen around the corner. Um, but don't don't worry about things that haven't happened or won't happen. You no, know, just just enjoy the enjoy the now and make make the most of the now. Um, and I think, yeah, you, you'll enjoy life a lot more that way. Yeah, those
0: are really, really profound and really succinct um three bits of you know advice and life and life lessons. And my final question is, what's next for Jared Samet?
1: <clears throat> <laughs> well, mate, what's next? That I do not know. Okay. Um, you know well, what you are playing um
0: this this current season coming up, you are still playing uh, rugby league?
1: Yes, so I've um, I've uh, started working in town, as you mentioned um, at the beginning of the podcast. So uh, playing with them this year, um, I've got some upcoming games with Malta, which uh, we're still. Um, Who are in- they against? Do you know yet? Um, I think we do have one um, agreed with Serbia. Okay. Uh, and I think there's. Three other potential teams that are still in the negotiation phases, but I won't, I won't explore who they are yet. Of course, but, in, in
0: uh, case it doesn't come to fruition.
1: Yeah, but one or two of those teams are are a a lot tier, higher tiered um, teams. So hopefully, you know that uh, we can get um, across the board, and that would be a really great um, learning curve and, and tester for us. Yep. but um, you yeah, know excited about the international season with Malta. also obviously you got the um, uh, Blacktown Red Belly Warriors and the indigenous Carnival at the end of the year. Um, at the moment, like I said I'm I'm still loving the game as much as I ever did when I first laced them up when I was three year old and um, the body's holding itself up. you know I'm still in good Nick. um like I said, I'm not too sure what's around the corner, but at the moment, I still feel like I've I've got a lot to offer. And playing the game I'm a lot retired so I don't want to you know at the end of the season just say you know that I'm done um and then maybe get an itch a year or two later and come back yeah once yeah. that be finished um yeah. at the same time you know I probably will at some capacity stay involved with the game but where or um how I'm not quite sure um you know I I'm still doing my um private security and my close protection work which I absolutely love and that there's probably the path that I will go down post um footy rugby career um but now I really just you know want to enjoy watching my three boys grow up. Um, Are you going to get and, them and in watch- the rugby league? Well, meet me eldest, Jardy, he's he's juggling football aka soccer and rugby okay. Okay. um and he He's really good at both, uh, but he loves, obviously, his rugby um, because daddy plays. Um, so I enjoy watching him. Um, and then my middle son now, Jax, he just plays football, mm-hmm. uh, soccer. but He's really good. And he were playing for Leeds United and Sheffield United. Sorry, I'm a massive
0: Leeds um, United fan, so that's great to
1: hear. Uh, yeah, mate. Um, so... When, when I get the opportunity and chance, depending on my commitments, you know, to get out and, and watch him, uh, you know, I, I love doing that. And now I've just got a, a six-month-old, Luca Reef, So, mate, he, he keeps me um, on my toes and just watching him grow up and um, getting him out and, you know, um, supporting and watching his big brothers and just watching them all uh, grow up together. So for me this year, you know, it's it's all about family. Um and then trying to, to put in um some things in place that will allow us to, you know, live a, a happier and fuller, healthier life. That's so awesome.